Welcome to Clutch by RGAA, powered by Building Rome. All right, all right, all right. Hello, everyone. This is Tawanda with Clutch by RGAA, and today I'm super excited that we have another show. And um, what we're working on now is just a series of different things um, that we feel like is information and resources that people can use. We've been going through so much in the world over the last year with dealing with the worldwide pandemic um, and employment rates, so many people just dealing with a lot of personal things in life. And anyone that's been tuning into our show, we know that, you know, our podcast is really about personal development, self-improvement, and just different things that can really inspire people to become their greatest self. And we know that every day is not a great day. And um, sometimes we go through different things and different situations. So we hope that all of our listeners just tune in to our show today and just stay connected as we're doing a self-help series to be able to help inspire and empower people to become better. And today we're really super excited about our guest all the way from the sunny state of California. And um, I'm going to let her share a little bit about her story and tell who she is. Um, And today's going to be more so of a conversation. I do have some burning questions that I do want to ask this person. You know, however, I want to make sure that we are able to convey, you know, what is actually intended. So let's start. Uh, Welcome to the show, young lady. And uh, tell us a little about yourself. I don't want to steal any thunder. I just kind of want to open the platform up for you to just (laughs) share with us a little about your background, and then we'll get started, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're speaking my language. I absolutely love, love, love the personal development world um, and anything that we can do to improve ourselves and improve our experience of the world is, is I mean, what better job do we have, right? <laughs> um, so my name's Alicia Lyons. Uh, I have, um, I'm the owner of the Mom Support Coach Uh, company. And uh, for the most part, I work with moms who struggle with, that moms struggle with um, predominantly uh, guilt. Um, And uh, what else do we struggle with? Self-care and uh, relationships with significant others and even relationships with our kids. Yeah. That's that's really amazing. Um, I don't know that I've ever met anyone that specifically has a niche to work with moms and, and focusing on dealing with the struggles. Um, I think probably every mom in America is probably saying right now, Alicia, where were you 25, 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and, you know, like exactly. I, just, I grew up, I grew up with a mom that wasn't, you know, that, you know, she was guilt ridden for, I mean, I don't even know all of her stuff. She's kept most of her, her issues to herself and you know that was that was in the 80s that that she was raising us and back in the 80s you know moms were literally expected to be superwomen to do everything be everything to everyone hold a job take care of the kids have a meal on the table and it's just like it's it's too much and i'm Absolutely. i'm finally starting to see like that's like the trend is kind of kind of starting to break. You know, there's still people that want to argue with me about putting yourself first. And, you know, like you have to put yourself first because if you go down, so goes the ship, you know? 
Mm-hmm. But I still, there's still people that just want to hold on to, no, my kids come first. And it's like, that, yeah, they do. But you have to come first too, you know? Absolutely. Now, let me yeah. ask you, Alicia, with having a niche of really focusing on moms, which of course is needed, I've always said, of course, I've always thought of my mom and my grandmother as superwoman. They can never do anything mm-hmm. wrong. They're amazing. When I get up, they're they're up getting things ready. When I go to bed, they're still making sure things are good. And it's not an easy easy role. So, but what made you actually decide to focus on this particular niche? Well, part of it was uh, was my mom, um, and and I mean, my mom is probably my best friend, and and I I had overcome uh, some guilt myself with with my own son. Um, when uh, he was four or five years old, I had sent him off with a babysitter who had been inappropriate with him. And it, it really wasn't until probably three years later that I, that I addressed the, my emotional part of it, where, you know, it was like I was taking care of police reports and child protective services and doing all the things you know, all the good mom things, like I got to check all these boxes to make sure that everything's taken care of, you know, and taking care of him and taking care of the system, right? And then realizing, you know, over time that that I was feeling really crappy about what had happened. Um, and I remember just getting irrationally angry at a doctor's appointment for him because they wanted to go through this, this process again of filing, you know, child protective service stuff. And, and ultimately nothing ended up happening to the babysitter. So there was a little bit of frustration with that too. Um, But I just, I stormed out of the doctor's office and, you know, I get, I get rationally angry about stuff, but I don't get irrationally angry about things any longer. Um, and so that kind of clued me in like, Ooh, there's something that's going on here that I need to to address. Um, and when I let go of that guilt, it was like 3000 pounds had been lifted off my shoulders. My relationship Mm -hmm. with my son started to improve my relationship with people in general. I stopped feeling like, you know, a piece of crap. To, you know, to put it bluntly. Um, so I started connecting with people again, and I didn't know any of that had, started, had, had stopped happening, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and once you go through, like, an experience like that, you really just, you can't keep it to yourself, you know. Like, you want other people, you see it everywhere. I see, you know, instead of I see dead people, I see guilty people everywhere, you know. And I just want to help. Now, you know, a couple of different things you mentioned, and I got to ask, I got to ask, and I know, you know, in reference to our respect, of course, confidentiality and situations like that, but what are Uh some of the types of situations that you're dealing with as you have different women that find out what it is that you do and they want to actually retain your services? um, What are some of the... Can you are you able to share like some of the different types of scenarios and situations? Of course, not revealing the person, but are you able right. to share a little bit of that? 
Yeah, so um, a, a really common thing that, that moms feel guilty about is um, that they have to work. Um, they they really want to be a stay-at-home mom, and they just financially they can't afford it, or they go through a divorce, which requires them to be the breadwinner of the family. Um, so that's a really big one uh, that I deal with. Um, it seems to, you know, the outside world uh, that it's like, well, of course you have to go and get a job. But when you think that a good mom is a, a woman who stays home with her children and you're unable to do that, it creates guilt. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big one. Another one is leaving the father of your children. Um, you know, if you think that the, that the definition of a good mom is, is one who stays with the father of, of her children and you couldn't make it work, there's, there's going to be some guilt that comes up with that too. You know what I can think about? I guess it's crazy because I never looked at it like that, you know, kind of like guilt. It seems like it's guilt, but it's kind of like the norm, if that makes sense. Like everybody goes through mm-hmm. that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like <laughs> I, I've no, I'm not a mom. Um, I have a mom, amazing, an amazing, amazing mom, and I had an amazing grandma. And I, I just, but I remember conversations that I've had with a lot of women that talk about, I want to leave him, but I don't want to break up the family because the child will be upset with me. So I've heard that a lot of times. And I've always wondered, like, I say to a lot of friends that are moms, man, I salute you because to be a mom, to be a wife, to have a job, like, my aunt told me a long time ago, like, those are all jobs. Being a mom is a job. Being a wife is a mm-hmm. job. Having a job or a business is a job. Like, you know, that's a yeah. lot. That's a lot, Alicia. Yeah. I think that's really like a lot. That in that. itself makes you want to go get some coaching. Right? <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, I think everyone can benefit from coaching. I'm not, you know, I'm a little bit biased, but, I mean, I'm, I also practice what I preach. I, I didn't become a coach before hiring a coach myself. I had a coach for probably really? a year before I became certified. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Now tell and, me a little you know, about I, what, what I, led you to do that. You know, I, um, I have been self-employed for, uh, I, I believe, over 10 years now. And um, when I started my direct sales business, um, I was married, um, but I was, I didn't have, uh, my son at that point. And so I got into the business and I was like, it was my, it was my job. It was the only thing I had to do all day. And so I was in it full force. And then through, um, in about a year and a half, I became a leader in the company, um, and it was something that I was super proud of. And a month after that, I, um, I earned my car and it was like, I became a leader like 19 days after my son was born. So I was in my third trimester when I finished, um, the qualifications. And then I earned a car the next month and, um, I was a director for about a year. And then my, um, my husband and I decided, to split up 
And it was, it was one of those moments where like everything that I was proud of um, in my life was taken from me. That's how it felt. It just felt like everything was crumbling. Like I was a wife. I was a military wife. I was a leader in this company. I was a car driving leader in this company and I was a mom and I lost the car. I lost the leadership. I lost the husband and the military wife status. And I felt like a terrible mom. Like my son was going through um, emotional issues at that time. He ended up being diagnosed with um, uh, high functioning autism. Um, I think that he was more connected with my emotions than anything. Like, cause as, as I got better, as I emotionally got better, so did he. Um, but so I, I went through all of that and then a couple years had gone by and I was trying to get back to that leadership role in the company and, and I was, I just felt stuck and I, I came across um, uh, Sean Smith, who's my, um, my coach, my, and my teacher. Um, And he was doing a program called success and fulfillment and boy, did I want that success, man. I wanted to feel successful. I wanted to feel like I had felt, you know, several years earlier when I earned the car and I earned the leadership and I became a mom and I had, like, I had all these happy things. I wanted that feeling back so much. Mm. And I thought it was the only way to get it was to get back to that position. And um, I went and I, I signed up for one-on-one coaching and I mean, it, it, it took two years, probably maybe even close to three for me to realize that I don't even want to be a leader in the company anymore. I, I still love servicing my customers, but oh, I love coaching so much more. Um, mm. Yeah. So that's a very long, short version of my story. <laughs> now that, that that's a real version and that's a very incredible yeah. um, version and honestly, Alicia, something that you said in the different things you're talking about, you know, a lot of times, sometimes we think stuff, we just never really say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. um, for every mom in America right now or to every caregiver or to every woman, because a lot of times even women, we are nurturers, I feel it. Mm. I feel the grief. I feel the struggle. I need your service. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Mm. So thank you for um for creating an opportunity where people can be able to talk, especially um, how has business been over the last year with the pandemic? Has that kept you extremely busy? What are some of the things you've encountered over the last year because of it? You know, I spent the last, um, this year really diving into myself and into my skills. Um, So I finished the book that I wrote for moms, um, in October of 2019. Um, and then when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, well, I can't see people face to face anymore. So I really had all this time to get my book out. And so I released my book in April of 2020. Um, and then I was in a program where we really get um, we become masters of our coaching tools. 
And so a girlfriend of mine, she and I just every single day we got onto Zoom and we practiced with each other. Okay, I'm going to do you. Okay, you do me. Now I do you. Now you do me. And we did it back and forth, and we were the only two in our class that actually finished um, the certification. And um, so I really hunkered down, and I did that. Um, And I also wrote another fiction book. Um, so I wasn't super focused on clients, uh, last year. I did a lot of blog writing, um, so that, that there was the written form, um, of what I knew in my head, but I didn't, it wasn't like, I didn't feel it in my body yet. Um, and I, I want to say probably two months ago, I, it really like, landed in my body where I, where I had that certainty that I knew that I could help anyone before it was theoretical that I could help anyone. But now it's like, I know I can help. So I was, I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> Absolutely. We are, we all are. We all are. Right. Definitely. Well, yeah. no, that, that definitely sounds pretty incredible. And just to think about, like I said, something that people need. You mentioned earlier being in a different um, opportunity with a business and having and being a leader and doing so many different things, and then you just found just something else that you love that you feel like maybe serves a greater purpose. Is that kind of mm-hmm. is that kind of safe to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Definitely. absolutely. We're gonna go to break. When I come back, I got I want to find out. Like we met um, in a podcast group talking about. I was asking about grief and just different types of things. And we know that a lot of times we struggle with stuff. And unfortunately, most people don't really talk about it and share. So I want you to kind of share how you personally been able to handle um, grief situations and maybe some tips that you could offer to anyone else that may be able to handle it. Right after the break, and this is again Tawanda with Clutch by RGAA, and we'll be right back. Clutch by RGAA is powered by Building Rome. Building Rome, Inc. is a professional company that provides an array of services to freelancers, creatives, virtual hustlers, and business owners. For more information on hiring Building Rome, log on to the website at buildingromeinc.com. Once again, the website is buildingromeinc.com. Inc. Inc. dot com. Do you have a product, brand, or service that you want to advertise on our platform? Well, look no further. Send us an email to realgirlfriends7 at gmail.com. That's realgirlfriends, the number 7, at gmail.com to place your advertisement here. And we are back. This is Tawanda with Clutch by RGAA. And today we're talking about, we're talking with Alicia in reference to her company and life coaching and and dealing with grief and her specialty as mom. So let me ask you, are most of your clients mothers or do you have a few women that um, may not be mothers that also need um, to get your services? Um, I do work with uh, pretty much all women. I don't. I I have worked with men in the past, um, but 
for the most part, I do, I prefer to focus on women and women issues. Like I feel like I have okay. a better understanding of how our brains work and, um, but yeah, but I, I, my, my clients are not exclusive to moms. Um, when I'm talking, I'm talking to moms. Um, but, but I do have clients that are older moms, like their, their kids are out of the house already. And I have, you know, clients who are building their coaching business and then, and, and, um, yeah. So the concepts, okay. the tools that I use really do apply for everyone. Okay. I just like I focus on like if you talk to everybody, you miss everybody. But if you talk to one person, That's right. you get a lot of Absolutely. more people. <laughs> Focusing on that niche is important. You know, you earlier mm-hmm. you mentioned about um your son um being going through a situation after being um at a babysitter's, I want to ask you a little more about that. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Um, and I say that because I have conversations a lot of times with, with friends, and, of course, we know that we live in a different day and time where there's so much going on in the world. And, again, I don't have any mm-hmm. children. However, I love kids, and I always tell people to protect your kids at all costs. And, unfortunately, I've had too many situations that I, that I can't even count anymore of friends and even relatives that have told me horror stories of when they went to stay with Uncle So-and-so or Aunt So-and-so or they went to the babysitter and this happened. Um, I remember one time, probably about 10 years ago, when I lived in Charlotte, I was actually visiting a good friend of mine, and it was four of us all sitting around together. It was a cousin of mine and two girlfriends, and we were just talking in conversation like we normally do, and the three of them had (laughs) revealed to me that at a young age they were molested. And I was blown away. Yeah. And my my cousin was one of them, and he said his mom had a really good friend that he called uncle. And the uncle would watch mm-hmm. him all the time. And he was about seven or eight years old. And the uncle mm-hmm. would give him money. He liked money. And then he also said the uncle would, you know, basically make him give him oral sex. And this went on for years. And because he liked mm-hmm. the money, he thought it was okay because this was his uncle. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. Now, he doesn't say, hey, I'm gay today because of this, but his first sexual experiences was with a man when he was seven or eight years old, and um, and he never told his mom. So hopefully she doesn't hear this podcast. And, um, mm-hmm. and then another good friend of mine, she talks about how her brother attempted to molest her. And, uh, her, well, one of them, her stepbrother, um, well, both of them, nope, There's, one was a brother and another one was a stepbrother. They did molest them. And they attempted on several occasions that they failed, but on a few they did. And one person said they told their mom, and the mom said, well, if he did, it must have been your fault. And the other girl never mm-hmm. told anyone. So I said that to say, Alicia, I want you to speak on that a little bit, because honestly, I've met too many people that say, hey, that's my story too. I've met right. too many women, and, and not as many guys, that have been through situations where they've been molested. And, and too yeah. many children are going through that. So can you talk a little bit about this and how does this still happen? Yeah. And, I mean, just kind of shed a little light because I'm just, I'm just not really sure. Yeah, um, for sure. It's it's still happening. It's, um, it's heartbreaking. One of, the, one of the chapters in my book, my, my book's called Good Moms Don't. 
the lies, the truths, and how to conquer mom guilt. And one of the chapters in my book is good moms don't let their child get hurt. Um, and that was my big, uh, my big breakthrough, I guess, my big like release of my guilt was, you know, the truth is that, and I didn't know any better in my world. Um, that, that like a girl doesn't do that to a little boy, a 13 year old girl doesn't do anything to a little boy that in my worldview at that time, especially when her mom's home, that's not happening. And obviously I was wrong, but my next thought was that a 13 year old girl doesn't do that to a four year old boy unless it's been done to her. So my first call was to Child Protective Services, not for my son, for the babysitter, because something is going on in that house or something has happened to her that I, that CPS needed to know about, you know. Um, <clears throat> my best friend who passed away in April of 2019, she had... Um, been molested by a family friend. And when she told her mom about it, her mom said, well, next time he tries, I'll just let that sit there for a second. (laughs) Her mom said, the next time he tries, tell him you have to leave the room and then leave the room. Well, that didn't work. And the the reality is that there are a lot of adults that don't believe children. They don't believe it's happening. They don't believe I don't like I don't know if it's just like they're naive or maybe in my friend's situation she didn't have any other options for someone to watch her daughter. I mean, I I really don't understand the mindset of, well, the next time he tries, excuse me, no, there's not going to be a next time, you know? Um, When, when I found out like the, my, you know, he told me and he said that, I mean, it's been uh, five years now that I don't remember all the words, but he he just was in tears when he was telling me. He was telling first he said, I don't want to go there. And you know, I asked him why and, and he said, Well, she doesn't she doesn't play with me or she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't let me have the toys and um and then uh I said, Well that's not really a reason to not go and he's and then he told me what she did and we never spoke to them again. We never went to their house. He came with me to work that night because he wasn't going to leave my side at that point. And I'm pretty sure I ended up going home early. (laughs) You know, it's just like kids don't make that stuff up. Some kids do, 
but for the most part, kids don't make that stuff up. Mm-hmm. You know. So I that a very long-winded ab, uh, answer. I I'm very passionate about the topic, but it's like it, it's a a big frustration for me when adults don't believe children, and mm. that's why it keeps happening. Over and over. Yeah. It's just, it's running rampant. I don't, you know, I don't know what caused the first person to do it, but everyone who repeats the cycle, most of the time it's been done to them. Um, And it Mm. it, basically, it boils down to hurt people, hurt people. Um, That's true. Yeah. That's so true. You know, a couple of things I, I definitely want to say in reference to that. Number one, I agree. Hurt people definitely do hurt people. Number two, mm-hmm. a lot of people that I've met through all types of ways of life, um, I work, um, I have an organization working with prisoners and families, and I'll never forget, probably about 10 years ago, there was a guy that was in prison um, that was wanting to volunteer in our program, and he had wrote us a letter and call from the little blue phone they have. And when I was building with him, I had no idea at the time why he was in prison. He was 25 years old, and he told the story about being molested three times before the age of 12. And he was in this mm-hmm. foster care system. He was molested like at age three or four, maybe five, and again at about seven or eight, and again about ten, but just by different people. And I'm like, gosh, this boy has been through so much. I felt really horrible for him. And then I later found out he was in prison for rape. Now, I definitely don't feel that make excuses for him or anyone else that commits a crime. That's not my point. Um, my point is a lot of times people that are committing these crimes, it has happened to them as well. Um, right. And that's what I want to say. And, and I hate it. I absolutely hate it. The other thing, Alicia, again, I'm not a parent, so I can't throw stones, but I got a problem with these <laughs> kids just going through this. So I need you to explain this to me because I just think that, when we talk about a safe place, like I used to work for a child organization, and 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 they had the sign saying a safe place. They had, like, partnerships with different companies and places. And any store that had that sign, a child knew they could go in and say, hey, I want a safe place, and they had a number to call. You know, what does parents put in place now to, for kids to know what's appropriate, what's not appropriate? If somebody touches you a certain type of way, you better tell me. Are parents having these conversations with children? If they are, it's it's probably not enough. Uh, you know, my I I didn't have the conversation with my son, but he knew that what she did was inappropriate, and he knew that she didn't like it. And so whether or he he knew that he didn't like it, and so whether or not parents are having the conversations with what's appropriate and what's not, you, intuitively we know it's not okay, um, it, even, even at a young age. He was four years old. He knew it was not okay. Um, and so now I don't know that – I don't think that he remembers the details of it. We, I don't explicitly – talk to him about it. Every once in a while, he'll bring up her name. Um, he 
he remembers a different event. He says that she locked her, she locked him out on the porch um, for, you know, quote unquote, being bad or, or whatnot, um, where they locked him outside on the back porch. He remembers that more than he remembers the other stuff, which the mom in me just is grateful that he doesn't remember that. Um, But I don't know where I was going with that. (laughs) Um, That happens to me all the time. Right? (laughs) Yeah, we, you know, we have this intuition, oh, we have an intuition that it's not, that's not normal. And I talk to him about it now and I tell him, you know, really the only person that it's appropriate for you to show your naked body parts to is the, is a doctor while mom's in the room. Like that's really the only place that it's appropriate. My, my -hmm. boyfriend and my son are never in the same room when they're naked. You know, my son is starting to, uh, conceal his privates from me, you know, and that's fine. Like that's, he's taking ownership of his body. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that we need to have appropriate names for our body parts. We need to have, you know, penis and vagina. Um, I, I saw something on, on Facebook, uh, you know, like a meme of some kind. I don't know how true it is, but it was, you know, someone's mom called her vagina her cookie. And so when the child went to school and said, my uncle touched my cookie, the teacher didn't know what that meant. And it wasn't a red flag. And so it kept mm-hmm. going for months longer than it mm. should have, mm. you know. So that's why we all need to get over using the proper (laughs) words for these names for these parts, because it's showing shame in, in in an area that we don't need to have shame for. Um, And it's, it's confusing to other people and it creates problems. Hmm. I can definitely imagine. I want to share with everyone, you mentioned your book earlier and I had to go pull it up, so I definitely want to <laughs> share with everyone that's listening a little about the book and a little more information about who who you are um, as a super woman, super mom, um, because I know in life no one is perfect. However, sometimes we mm-hmm. just say hey, we're perfect for each other, and we strive right. to become better, and that I'm sure is what you tell a lot of the people that work with you. Alicia's book is Good Moms Don't. Lies, truth, and how to conquer mom guilt. Looks like this book was published in April of 2020. And just a little about the book, it says, Good Moms Don't is a labor of love and advocacy designed to help moms identify and conquer the guilt they carry around with them every day. Many moms hold on to mistakes they have had they have made excuse me or life circumstances that force them to parent differently than they once imagined conquering guilt allows you to live in the present with your children and enjoy motherhood more this is possible when you have compassion for the younger versions of yourself releasing this heavy emotion 
will help you give your children the happier, freer mom they deserve. Now, as a person who has a mom and that's not a parent, every woman and definitely every mother in America must get this book, and they must definitely book a session with you. And let me tell you why. The generations have changed so much over the last 25, 30 years. A lot of people are becoming moms as they're still children, 18 and 19 yeah. years old. I don't know of a lot of classes. I, I, I asked my dad one time, I said, <coughs> excuse me, how did you become a parent? Who taught you? He said, <laughs> we practice on you. You were the first. That's not funny, though. That's not funny. You don't practice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, right? and I understand the reality. You, I'm sorry, you said what, Alicia? Well, I'm laughing because there's an old joke that that uh, the the first kid is like the first pancake. You just throw it away. It's a throwaway. And yes, it's a joke yeah. in my head. <laughs> yeah, and that's what my dad it's told not, me. But it's not you. funny. It's, yeah. it's not funny because you can screw something up. Having a yeah. child is a precious, wonderful, and amazing gift. It's nothing but a blessing. However, people need help. And a lot of times people yeah. think, oh, well, my mama did okay. Look at me. Yeah, exactly. Look at you. That's why, hello. <laughs> um, right. Go ahead and look at you. <laughs> it, it, it's you funny. We, we read books. Like, I, there are there's very different types of parents, uh, obviously. And, and there, are, there are people, there are women who read what to expect when you're expecting, what to expect in your first year, what to expect in toddler years. Like, there's people that read those books cover to cover. And then there's people that are like, well, I mean, he's not crying, so he must be okay. You know, and I, I'm more the, the, the latter than the former. <laughs> I, I didn't read a whole lot of books. I'm getting into reading uh, my, my favorite, favorite book right now is called No Drama Discipline. I don't remember the author's name, but he has um, some really great uh, books. I have all of them. I'm, I'm reading, <laughs> I'm reading them. Um, all about parenting and how the how children's minds work, and it's super fascinating to me. Um, but I didn't start out that way. I I I followed my intuition. I had an amazing mom. I called her and asked her for advice. I asked my fr- my girlfriends who had kids for advice. Um, the internet existed when I had my son, so if I needed something, if I was if I wanted to learn something about what was going on, I would ask someone or I would Google it. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't the reading, I wasn't reading the books before a couple years ago, to be honest, you know, I also think that every parent, if I was in charge of the universe, <laughs> you would have to have a license to be a parent. We have to have licenses for everything else fishing, driving, you know, like why don't we have to have a license for the most important thing, raising another human? It just doesn't make any sense to me. That's all I guess. It makes sense to me. It would be incredible, but I guess how children are created, you kind of can't stop that. So... (laughs) It'd be a lot of locked like, up if it was against the law. You said what? <laughs> I had a very uh, Nazi approach to 
to how we would enforce this. Okay, let, let me hear it. Let me hear it. <laughs> and it's totally a joke, just but, can't stop. you know. That's one of them. Yeah. Right? What is it? But it's, it's, it's kind of a joke, but it's like everyone should get the license. Like, you know, you're in high school, you're in, you know, college, you get the license. If you get pregnant before you pass the test, then you better pass that test in the next nine months or else your baby gets taken away and given to somebody who passed and can't have one, you know? So like I said, it's very Nazi oh. approach, but uh, <laughs> oh. you solve the problem. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna touch that one because that was that was definitely. <laughs> um, but you know, it's mm-hmm. like some people think a child is like a a toy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, all I want is a baby. Want to hold it and yeah. kiss it and dress it up. Well, are you gonna teach it? You gonna feed it? Right. You gonna instill <laughs> values and morals in the child as well? Oh, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal. It's not easy. It's. It's a lot of responsibility that that people take very lightly, and 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 some people don't, you know. But a lot of people are just like, oh, this thing goes in that thing, and oh, a baby pops out, and that's their approach. And it's just, it's sad for the children that that that's how it is. That's true. Now let me I ask you. I sound a lot more judgmental. <laughs> I sound a lot more judgmental than I actually am. A lot of this is a joke. Uh, you know, it's it's a sad joke. It's a truth, but it's, you know, if you're someone who, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, should I hire this person? Is she going to judge me? I'm not going to judge. You know, I realize, like, we are doing the best that we can with the tools and the awareness that we have. And when you were reading the the cover of my book, I was like, man, that's good. I know I wrote it, but, oh, that was good. Um <laughs> It's like it, there's so much compassion inside me for people's situations. Like mm-hmm. when when I'm looking at something as the whole, then I have this judgmental thought process. But when it's when I'm looking at the individual, I like I hear the story and and I listen and I find compassion for you. You know, because I my friend's mom, like I don't understand her thought process. But I know it couldn't have been easy to know that it kept happening to her daughter. And I know it ha- it also happened to her, too. I know, like, I have compassion for her. You know, it's just, Absolutely. Yeah, I just wanted to say that, but go ahead. <laughs> but, no, I, I definitely, I, re- I respect it and appreciate it. And, yeah, it would be very hard to be in a field like this and be judgmental. You know, you're you're making light of certain situations and you're humorous at the same time because, Sometimes we just can't sit on the phone and cry when we know right. certain things happen. So, like, as I laugh about certain things, I'm definitely never laughing about someone being violated and being hurt. Um, but sometimes you, you have to just keep them crying because it's, right. it's, it's just amazing how some of these things just continue to keep happening. What I wanted to ask, um, Alicia, is as, as women are listening to our show and, and say, hey, you know what, I'm not really sure. People people are prideful. People are not willing to be open yeah. um, about certain things. So, how do you get people that have never done coaching before? Like, what are some of the, the I guess, things that break the ice that you could get someone to consider it? I mean, a, a really powerful question to to ask yourself is, have you suffered enough? You know, mm. are you – <laughs> right? That one hits mm, you powerful. to the core, man. That, oh. Like, 
that that's if you're my body. Mm. right if you're sitting here listening to this podcast and you're thinking you know i i'm ashamed of the stuff that i've done or you know i can it's it's hard for me to put myself in in that mindset because as soon as I heard that someone could help me, I was like, I don't care what it costs. I will find a way. I will make a way. And mm-hmm. and I am not charging an arm and a leg right now. People need coaching. You know? That's right. I'm, I've been a single mom the majority of my son's life. I, you know, I have a live-in boyfriend now who's amazing and we, you know, share everything. But, I, I you know there was a lot of my life where it was me. It was my income and I was (laughs) self-employed and there wasn't always extra, but you know, sometimes I went and got a job and when I was paying for a coach, I had a job because it was important to me to heal. It was important to me to, to be the best, mom I could be for my son and I just wrote a blog the other day um, that that was basically it sparked my thought process was sparked from a, a, a meme that I saw on Facebook that said um, the best gift that you can give to your children is your own healing and so I don't remember what your original question was but we all have pain that that mm-hmm. keeps us stuck in a story. And if you're not where you want to be in your life, if you're not feeling the feelings that you want to feel, if you're not experiencing the things that you want to experience, hire a coach. Mm. You know, I have, mm. I, I, and I do free consultations. So, you know, if you don't like me, this is like, it doesn't get more real than how I am right now. I don't know how to be fake. I joke. I make jokes. Mm. Um, you know, not when we're, not when you're in, not at your expense. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm a goofy person and I don't know how to be any different than who I am. I, and I and three years ago I didn't know who how to who I was. Mm. I I was Tawanda. I would figure out who your perfect version of Alicia was, mm. and I wouldn't open my mouth until I thought I could be that person for you. That's who I was three years ago, and now I don't know how to stop being who I am. Mm. You know what? What what made what led you to that? That's amazing because life is about working to become your greatest self and just continue to strive and to learn. What sent you on the path to becoming your greatest self to getting coaching? Um, it was that success and fulfillment program. Uh, it was a twenty. I want to say a 20-week uh, program 
inside that 20-week program, there was a free consultation. I did the free consultation, and they said they could help me, and I believed them. And um, I had a coach uh, named Valerie for six months, and she helped me heal my relationship with my dad. And the beautiful thing is that my dad didn't change. I just started seeing him differently. And I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck is they think that I can't heal until that person changes. And that and that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Cuz unless that person, you know, hears success and fulfillment and gets a wild hair up their butt and decides to to go do a program and start coaching like what's going to make that person change? My dad's mm-hmm. 75 years old. My dad is set in his ways. He is not changing. And he's not a bad guy. You know, I was just focused mm. on all the things that he did that I wanted him to do differently. And I was missing all the things that he did do that that didn't fit my story of my dad doesn't love me. So I had another coach for the next six months, and her name was Michelle, and I switched to her because she was a coach who had also worked inside that direct sales business that, that I'm in. And I, I was like, I just want somebody who understands the struggle. And I think we talked about my business maybe twice. <laughs> mm. And we still, you know, we still ended up talking about just life stuff. And, and, and I just fell in love with it. I fell in mm. love with how I felt. I fell in love with myself. And I was just like, the world needs this. And and I want to do it. Mm. That's amazing. And one of the things, you know, a lot of times people say, hey, you're telling me to do something you've never done. What you're doing mm-hmm. now is what you have done. And this is a product mm-hmm. of, hey, this is a new me. And now you're living life on your own terms, not looking to please anyone. And you're looking to be the best version of yourself for yourself. Correct? Yep. How amazing. And, and my son's wrapped up in there too. <laughs> he was a huge <laughs> motivator. I will do I will do so much more for him than I will do for myself. You know? Mm-hmm. It's that's just kind of a mom thing. Um mm-hmm. you know, we won't we might not do it for ourselves, but we're gonna move mountains for our kids. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's definitely that's, that's now let me ask you I know we, we we can't be on here all night, even though I would love to sit on here and talk and pick your brain and get some consultation for all types of people that I know have uh-huh. situations like, hey, why you didn't ask for this and this? And I'm going to say, contact her yourself and find out and get your consultation. Right. So I got, I got to ask you these quick questions. All right. To every woman that's listening right now that wants to say, hey, listen, I want my consultation with you, tell these women um, how they can actually get in contact with you for a booking. That's my first question, please. I'm super easy to find, except that my name is spelled funny. 
Um, so I have a website that is my name, alishalyons.com. And, uh, on there, I have a blog. Um, you can't miss it. It's the thing that's displayed on the front page. And at the end of each blog, it says, if I can support you with XYZ issue, click here and schedule a call and it takes you to my calendar. Um, you can, if that's too complicated for you, you can email me at coachalishalyons.com. Um, and I'll just I'm going to just throw your name for, though. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's A L Y S I A, and Lyons is L Y O N S. Wow. All right. You heard that. Website, alishalyons.com. That's A L Y S I A. L-Y-O-N-S dot C-O-M, correct? Correct. And email is? CoachAliciaLyons dot com. Sorry, I'm okay. kidding. <laughs> CoachAliciaLyons <laughs> at gmail dot com. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, wait a minute. I, think... wait, I was wait, like, okay, wait, maybe I'll see this flow. Right. <laughs> All right, my, my next question is, I, I, and I know people have to call for their own session. However, let's say mm-hmm. we have, and, and of course we know we do, someone that's listening right now, there's a mom listening right now, and she's listening to what you're saying. She's went to Amazon and she's read about your book, and she's in tears mm-hmm. because she mm-hmm. is feeling the guilt. Now, she may never call. Mm-hmm. She may not call right now. Um, what kind of encouraging word could you say to that mom right now that says, you know what, I do have some guilt. I've never forgiven myself for this or this. What could you say? What? Give me a little something, please, Alicia. Mm. Have compassion for your the younger version of yourself because whatever decision that you made or didn't make, you made or didn't make (laughs) with the tools and the awareness that you had at the time. So the way that we create guilt is we make a decision and something happens that we didn't anticipate or we didn't want. And then from our current awareness, we look back at that person who made that decision and we say, shame on you knowing what I know. When the reality is, the only reason you know what you know is because she did what she did. Mm. And so understand that, especially as a mom, but human in general, we don't ever think, well, I know that this is going to cause a bunch of crap happening in my life, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) we are always hoping for the best can tell you as someone you know I've been divorced twice so I've made not great decisions and I'm going to talk to you from a perspective of well I knew before I walked down the aisle that this was the wrong decision no I didn't I had a feeling Mm. when right before I walked down the aisle that maybe this isn't going to work out the way that I want it to. But I, maybe I'm going to, maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to give it a try. 
and I walk down the aisle. So if I come now from, you know, that that little girl was 22 years old. If I come from my 38-year-old perspective and say, shame on you, 22-year-old Alicia, you should have listened to that voice. Mm-hmm. She didn't know. Mm. She didn't know, but mm. she didn't know. And Wanda, there's something you feel guilty about in your life. You didn't know what you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Be compassionate and forgive the younger version of yourself. Mm. And if that doesn't work, call me. <laughs> and I'll do a free <laughs> consultation with Yeah, you. what she said. <laughs> yeah, exactly what she said. And And here is my final question that I want to have. And then I'm going to open the floor for whatever you want to share as we close out. And um, I, I have to ask you this because I know life is about us all being a student. We work to become mm-hmm. our greatest self. So what is next in all that you've done and all that you have been through and all that you've learned and how you're growing, what can we expect in the future from Alicia? Oh, my goodness. Um I I have been right. That's a good question. Um, well, two things I'll say. Number one, I've been a writer since I could put sentences together, and so um, I write fiction and I write nonfiction. Um, and I just finished a fiction book, and uh, I'm gonna I'm working on another nonfiction. Um, and then after that, I'm going to do another fiction. I'm trying to go back and forth. So you're going to see lots of books from me. And then I was just introduced to a speaker um, named Mel Robbins. And she is the number one booked speaker, female speaker. And I want to be her when I grow up. So that's kind of my, my next goal because, you know, I, I love doing these podcasts. I obviously love hearing myself talk. And, <laughs> um, but, you know, I know that I can help people and not everybody's going to, you know, pay a thousand dollars or whatever the cost may be um, to, for their own healing, but they might pay 10 bucks. And I will tell you, you can pay $10 a hundred times and not get the same out of paying $1,000 once. I'm just, just, you, you'll get mm-hmm. lit on fire from, from that $10 speech. You know, we can listen to Will Smith. Uh, he does a, he did a talk of, of his experience jumping out of a, a airplane and man, is it inspiring, but you're probably <laughs> not going to jump out of an airplane without a coach coaching mm-hmm. you or without someone helping you, you know? So not at all. Even with yeah. the coach not doing it, sorry. Right? <laughs> sorry, I was like, I'll try parasailing first. <laughs> Love you well, but not doing it. Sorry. Right. <laughs> oh my god. He's an eloquent um, speaker, man. I just love listening to his motivational stuff and and Absolutely. it'll pump you up on fire. But he's not talking to Alicia. He's not talking to Tawanda. He's he's talking to the in general. 
And as soon as you have the question of what about me, how does this apply to me, that's when you need a coach mm-hmm. because the coach is going to help Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to I read this. Um, for those that's listening and you said, hey, who's that woman again? What is she about? <laughs> Why should I hire her? Um, more about Alicia Lyons. I want to read a little bit of her biography and a couple comments um, on Alicia's book. A lot of times, Alicia may love to talk. However, right now I'm talking, and I'm talking about her. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I, I love to be able to edify and share about people, especially when they're doing something to be a part of helping to change the world. That is what our platform is about, about personal development, about self-care, self-help, anything positive, anything empowering and inspiring. And my words are all crisscrossing tonight. But I want to share with anyone um, a little about Alicia. Alicia Lyons is a mom first, a business coach, life coach, and author second. She is passionate about helping women live their lives with more joy from the inside out. She has her Bachelor's of Science in Business Management, and she is a certified neurotransformational life coach. Uh, Ooh, that was a long word. Okay, all right. Good. Alicia guides her clients. Exactly. I'm like, ooh, am I going to make it? (laughs) Um, Alicia guides her clients through long-lasting neurological shifts to help ease their guilt and increase their emotional freedom. She is the author of the blog, The Mom Support Coach, which focuses on relationships, mom guilt, communication, and lessons she's learned throughout her life. Now, this is who Alicia Lyons is on paper, and I'm pretty sure she's much more incredible as you get to know her. So I I will be remiss. I will be remiss, Alicia, if I didn't read what some people are saying about your book. And if you haven't read this book, purchase it. Purchase three copies. As a matter of fact, I'm purchasing mine tonight. And please give her a review because this is important. I may not be a mom, but I have a mom, and I've had an amazing grandma. And they weren't perfect. They should have went to class. But they did all right because I think I'm okay. (laughs) But um, seriously, every woman in America must read this book. Must, must. Even if you're not a mama yet, we got to take care of our children. We got to take care of ourselves. All right, let me read. Let me let me let me read some reviews. All right, one person says, "Great book for moms. This is a must read for any mom out there. I had guilt I didn't even know about, but after reading this book, I've been able to deal with that guilt effectively. I feel so much better every day, and it's nice to know I'm not the only one who struggles with these issues." Wow, how incredible. And that was for someone who's listened to our show that can relate to Molly who got this book and did a great review. Another person says, help me, I'm not alone, and you can be guilt-free. I love this book. It helped me to know I'm not alone trying to be a good mom. My daughters are grown women, but I still carry mom guilt. But after reading the stories of Alicia's presentation, of the similarities we have as mothers, it helped me and let me know that I am not alone. How amazing is that? I got to read one more. It's a couple on here, but I, let me read one more. Let me read one more. Um, 
One person says, the realness of mom's guilt. Alicia Lyons hits the nail right on the head. Mom guilt is real. Mom shaming is real. And she turns these lies right around so that we are able to go on being the kind of moms that are real. Our children learn from what we do. And if we're setting these unreal expectations for ourselves and then beating ourselves up for not living up to them, we are programming our kids to do the same. Real moms do real life. Thank you, Alicia, for bringing awareness to the unnecessary mom's guilt feel and ways to clear that guilt so that we can also be able to teach children to have compassion for themselves and others. Wow. Alicia, I want a person to say, before I even read your book, thank you. (laughs) Man. Seriously, that right there, what she just said, the, the kids, they're watching the show. They are not listening to the lecture. They learn how to be by how you be. And as as my my mother-in-law says, I know what you do because I see what your son does. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> but I'm telling you, my son leaves his shoes right in the, in the living room floor, and I can't get mad at him because so do I. Mm. <laughs> you know? Man. But, like, if like it, it takes the if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for your kids to just a whole nother level. Because mm-hmm. if your kids are watching you put themselves first or put yourself first, they're going to have better boundaries than if they watch you do for everyone all day every day and then have to crash and have a nervous breakdown, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And let me tell you something real funny, Alicia. When we started, we talked about, hey, we're not just going to go through questions. We're going to have a conversation. And you and Mm -hmm. I both was really in agreement with that. The only bad thing about it is we're out of time. (laughs) We're over time. (laughs) So I want to invite you back after I read your book and give you some reviews and share some information because um you have something here. You have something here. Yeah. I'm out of time. <laughs> but um <laughs> but I wanna say thank you. Um thank you for every woman in America for you stepping forward to do this. I bid you nothing but super success in your business. I pray you have millions of women that want to speak with you and um and I, I look forward to seeing you on the big screen with your books and with this oh. message. Um 30 seconds, Alicia. Any last thing before we get hung up on? 30 seconds. Talk to me. I just want to tell you thank you so much. And I was going to say, if we ran out of time, you just have to have me come back. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that is definitely it. Hey, look, this is Tawanda with Clutch, and we got to clutch out. It's over with. Alicia has... She hasn't left the building, but the building has, the lights are off. We got to go. Thank you for listening to yet another episode of Clutch, a podcast by Real Girlfriends Across America. Clutch onto us tight by following us on all of our social media platforms. This includes Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook. Like, share, and follow us. 
Did you miss an episode? Don't worry. You can listen to us anywhere where podcasts are being played, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Anchor, Spotify, and Speaker. Don't forget to watch us on YouTube by searching for Real Girlfriends Across America and visit our website at www.realgirlfriends.org. And until next time, touch on to your best friend and stay tuned.